Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. Thanks for pressing play. You are listening to episode 120 of the Sports Gynecologist with Dr. Stink and the Beaver Whistles. I'm your host, Dr. Stink, and I can't believe I just said those words. Uh, that was given to us by uh, a friend of ours who is on the podcast today. I don't know if you know him. Um, he used to be on this as more of a regular person, but now he just checks in once every six months. But uh, Clarence Swamptown. Hi, Clarence. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, fuckers? Yeah. Uh, we've got John. Hi, John. Hey, guys. And new voice because of a new microphone, Steve Newman. Hi, Stu. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? Oh. Oh, it's wow. like honey. It's like honey <laughs> dripping over a wow. bass drum. It is gorgeous. Uh, quick programming note before we get started. Um, we have sold out to a company. Um called Acast, who might be dropping in some ads here and there within our podcast to help um, to help uh, us save up for the future bail uh, situation that we're going to have. So there may be ads in this podcast, uh, maybe next in time, true, maybe never. In we honestly form, we have no idea if there's actually... If you just heard an advertisement, then it works correctly. <laughs> Otherwise, Do we know even what the ads will be for? Uh, uh, cock rings. I well, don't think it's for cock rings. They should know. That I will, I mean, I'll shill for anything. Like, I'm oh, yeah. like, uh, okay, well, hold on. One mic here, get the recording going. <clears throat> uh, this is Clearing Swamp Town, and when, when I do my human sex trafficking, <laughs> my favorite human sex trafficking store is Steve's Human Sex Trafficking Outlet <laughs> in Coach, Hiawatha. <laughs> yes, that's right. Right off Highway 52 and conveniently located. I mean, Here's I'll do it. An exit in Coats. It used got. to be a strip club, and now it's painted pink. Coats, Minnesota's human sex trafficking. This is Clarence Swamptown. If you're going to buy one album this year, make it Neil Young's Greatest Hits. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Clarence told you to drop on by. <laughs> uh, anyway, it might not work ever, or it might work right away. So who the hell knows? People listening to this are thinking it's a bit, and there's no way anybody actually pay us money. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. Uh, I, I still don't believe we it. We don't believe it ourselves. We bless you, Acast. Uh, it's uh, not enough money for any of us to quit our jobs, especially me since I don't have one. 
But um, <laughs> it's not even to, enough money for you to quit being unemployed. For you that's to also just true. continue, that's also true. yeah. It's a, it's a little something here and there, and yep. uh, you know, tell your friends about <laughs> us and about Acast, and maybe we can claim this shit on our taxes. No, I never thought about some of this. I never thought hey, some of this stuff through. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It, well, no, that's of... kind of what I'm getting at. What are we? <laughs> That's, These are questions that are just occurring to me now. You're asking too many questions there, Clarence. Just settle settle on down with that old tax question. That's Well, I could see again, I'm I I just occurred to me here this week, uh, after Chris Carter's little spiel that I'm the fucking fall guy in this <laughs> kids are gonna be on some Malaysian island and I'm gonna be in the <laughs> clink in the can doing a nickel for tax evasion while you guys are Living up on that high, some, uh, on, living high on that ACAS money. Some gal's ass in a coconut bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny seeing people come out against the Chris Carter thing, like as if that's a stand. Like, hey, you know, I just think that was a bad thing for him to say. Like, well, it's uh, illegal. So, yeah, <laughs> nice, Listen, guys, <laughs> nice angle to take. And I want you to hear me out. Chris Carter advocating illegal behavior is not a good thing for the National Football League. I know that some people are going to say, John, you've gone politically correct on us, but I warn you, this is just a symptom of other illegal actions. <laughs> what, a, what a limb. What a limb to be on. Um, but anyway, the last note on the programming update is uh, we have been assured that nothing is going to change. We are still allowed to be as uh, filthy uh, mm-hmm. Unprofessional, um, embarrassing. Check. As, Check. as proven by the title of this podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Doctor Stink, and uh, <laughs> these are my beaver whistles. So, um, if that ever changes, uh, we'll we'll the we'll be gone. The last so. two shows have had fart and balls. And <laughs> as we're working out this thing to get uh, commercialize this thing, we had one that was titled by an eight year old and one that was titled by a four year old. Uh, Stu is right. He called us the replacements of podcasts one time, and that's that's about the best way to, I think, describe our um, purposely shooting ourselves in the foot every time something. Yes. <laughs> Anytime there's a hint of legitimacy, we're like, "Fuck that!" So that probably isn't going to happen. Uh, gonna yeah, be but it's not like we're punk antiheroes who are deliberately trying to subvert the system. We're just incompetent. Well, yeah, that is Bobby's dad at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> We just somebody's getting too close to us. Yep, that's how it works. Um, should we talk about actual sports? It's been so long. <laughs> we don't do that anymore on this podcast. Last week we talked about like uh, lipstick etiquette for twenty minutes, and we all felt uncomfortable. But let's get back into our bread and butter. I want to talk about our beloved twins. Every time we mention them uh, <laughs> on this podcast in one direction, they go the exact opposite. So this week we're on a high note. So. Last week we talked about how much of a disaster they were and how things would never be good again. And since then, up until this moment, they've won five consecutive games and climbed right back into the thick of the wild card race. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. It's insane. It's uh, and it's not like and it turned out. I thought I, I assumed that Baltimore, if I looked it up, would be like, well, it turns out they're nine and a half back. But no, they literally flip spots of Baltimore in the wild card race, and Baltimore is reeling now thanks to the Twins coming into town and destroying them. I can't get my head around this we just basically took the field and watched the orioles uh uh shoot themselves in the foot for 27 straight innings that's what it looked like to me um but uh, hey a win's a win might as well enjoy the ride but um yeah they didn't look great 
well, this fundamentally sound team will never shoot themselves in the foot. And they're throwing to the wrong base. Everybody's running to the wrong bases. Guys are running to third after they hit the ball. This yeah, it was generating into four-year-old softball. Yeah, I feel like we've given them uh, three to four eulogies already this year, and there's still five weeks left to go or however long it is. But uh, for the most – I mean, they are essentially a playoff team right now, right, within a game, within a half game, maybe up a half, half game. game so, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, tonight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's – obviously, you wouldn't have expected um, – Rosario to be a legitimate good rookie um and and you there's no way in hell you would have expected Sano to not only be like holding his own but he's like uh uh one of the best OPSs in baseball right mm-hmm. so yeah I don't think any, I, I don't think even the the biggest homer saw that coming and it's fucking awesome it's really great to watch so we talk about a lot like getting burned when rookies come up and and pitchers don't know how to pitch them, so they look great for a month. I mean, like, Joe Benson at one point had a decent run, you know? <laughs> um, That's an excellent Joe Benson puller right there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, this one, uh, oh, my son is walking into the... Hey. Jones! <laughs> hey, Jonesy. He's walking in and just staring at me talking into Let's a have computer me on the Welcome to the sports gynecologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You want to be one of the beaver whistles, Jones? Hey, Jones. I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the beaver whistles here, buddy. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, so because of the Joe Bensons and the Chris Parmelees and the when Justin Morneau first came up, uh, struggled of the world, uh, it seems like just sort of keep your guard up for a while. But uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like I'm more, way more of a believer in Sano. Um than any one of them by far. Not because he's been better, but because he legitimately just looks like so fewer weaknesses, and his swing is um, unbelievable. Just a beautiful swing, like power swing. There's there's being hot when you first come up, and then there's you know the group of people when they when they keep comparing his OPS right now to others in Major League history in their first forty five games or whatever. It's like Jimmy Fox and <laughs> Lou Gehrig. No, it's not. Frank Thomas. I mean, they're they're going from the legends of the freaking game comparing to what his start is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty good company. I I don't know. I don't know what we did to deserve this. Uh, Years of incompetence, I think. (laughs) Years of being terrible. I can't think of anything else. It's just stunning. Um, Oh, and it looks like Texas is going to lose tonight. So if the Twins hang on here. They will move ahead into the second wild card spot. Anaheim lost. Anaheim Texas lost. Is gonna right. lose. Right. Yes, they will be alone in the uh, second wild card slot, I believe. What a world! It's freaking unbelievable. Still Blaine Boyer on the mound. It's, so it's not all. It's it not all. <laughs> Don't map out the parade route. For <laughs> ah, I'm watching it as we speak now. It's a one and two count. Now, this is what people tune in for. for this I'm back, guys. This is... Oh, you're game. live. Oh, <laughs> boy. You hey! Everybody at ACAST headquarters, gather around. Oh! Let's hear the newest podcast. Are they are they talking about live television right now? You put it away. Are they disseminating they a broadcast? They know that they're not on the radio, right? <laughs> they know that no one can hear them talk except people who are listening the next day, right? Well, Jones is enjoying it. He's trying to Sounds break out like of the room. Yeah, he's trying to break out. He's bored. It's National Dog Day. Can we get Sophie and Al on the podcast tonight too? 
I got Sophie upstairs right now, so she's she's. I just gave her like a chew. These a more common Elf national food. days happen like seven times a year now, right? Isn't National Dog Day one National Dog Day once a month? It's National Ice Cream Pretty Day much. every other week. National Donut Day happens twenty five thirty times a year. Yeah. So just one national of those. Donut Day is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Every Wednesday from now on, guys. Um, but anyway, Sano is like 160 at bats in or something crazy. Like that's to me a big enough sample size to be like, all right, cool, pencil him in for a decade. Well, the mm-hmm. thing about the thing about Sano as opposed to other other prospects, it's like last year we all saw Danny Santana and it was exciting because he had good numbers and stuff, but he was basically just hitting slapping singles two inches over the shortstop's glove for an entire season, and it was like, well. It doesn't take too much to see that this isn't going to last. But Sano's numbers are not only good, he's clearly... I mean, he's strong enough to hit a baseball through a pile of dirt. So it's a little... When the the eye test matches up with the numbers in this case. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. At some point, he's going to hit a baseball and it's just going to explode at the plate. And the (laughs) umpires are going to have to figure out what what to do about it. (laughs) It's just going to explode in a cloud of stitches and horsehair and... String? Is that what's wrapped around baseballs? I'm blanking right now. There's a lot of string, yes. There's a lot of string, and it's just going to be string everywhere. Yeah, I do like that he's in a point where a ball's left up, and you're amazed that he didn't hit it 7,000 feet. Mm -hmm. He's already kind of there. So do you think – how? I'm sorry, I haven't been paying a ton of attention. How many games – what percentage of games does he play in the field? Or has he been? Once a week, maybe? Once a week. And it's he's only played a couple games at third, right? Like two or three games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rest at first. So do you just see him as the DH or? He hasn't I don't know played, what they're going to do. He hasn't played badly in the field. He hasn't embarrassed himself. He's not a bad third baseman. And right now he's just an overall better player than Trevor Plouffe, right? Yes. I mean, he, yeah. No offense to Trevor Plouffe, who's been very good the last, you know, see almost two full seasons now. He's been really good. It's just... Not so what are they going to do? You can forgive I mean, a couple it. Dorns over at third base. With the with the with l- way offense. the lineup is set up right now, though, you're going to probably want Sano and Plouffe to both be in there every night. And if well, you're I mean, going to pick one of those two guys to play third base, obviously it's going to be Plouffe. Yes, I'm talking about next year, I guess. Maybe we shouldn't worry about next year. But uh, I'm just I mean, curious. It makes some sense to trade Plouffe, doesn't it? Or do you just keep DH and Sano forever and just never play a position? He's just David Ortiz for the rest of his life. Well, they have like six DH candidates, though. That's the problem is they got Vargas and Arcia and uh, that catcher that keeps getting concussions. Hosemiel. lost his name. Yeah, Hosemiel Pinto. What, what the fuck are they going to do? Well, I don't know. How it's a, it is a good problem to have, not a bad one. It is a good problem to no. have. I just it'll be a curious problem. Agree, you can't move him to first because Maurer is signed for a billion more years. I, I do. Can't I, I, I think if I had to guess, they will move Sano in the off season. That would be my guess. You mean Plouffe? Sano? No, not Sano. God, no. God, Plouffe. You meant Plouffe. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I meant Plouffe. Oh Jesus! Oh man, and that was the hottest of takes. Move Sano you know, in the off season. <laughs> when they had Maurer come up and they they cleared room, they traded Brzezinski. I mean, they just you can't have two. Two third baseman, that's a rule. I, mean, I have could, a. No, you can. You can stand you guys over there. It doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rare. Um, I have a hard time. Um, well, I think the Pierzynski Mauer thing made sense because that's a, a premium position um, and you weren't going to put either one of them at DH, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think if we trusted the organization, which uh, I need like 
five years straight of competence for that to happen. I would say it's, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, you trade from a position of strength, you trade Plouffe for something, um, and then you can probably find a good DH. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't trust this organization to find a good DH, and I don't think I trust yeah. Vargas as being a guy. Like, we're saying he's a guy that's done okay at times, but I don't think he's a guy mm-hmm. that you can plan on. It could work out. I mean, anything could work out, but... Um, Here's my idea. I just came up with this idea, and I can find no flaw in it in the 12 seconds I've been thinking about it. Let's talk it out. What if the Twins trade Trevor Plouffe, and the only thing they get back is that the other team also has to take Ricky Nolasco's entire contract? Hmm. Um, then what if, they're, treating, but, they're treating Plouffe for the ability to also trade the untradeable Ricky Nolasco. This, again, if they... is a competent organization then takes that salary savings and does something good with it. That's right. It's not a salary cap sport. Otherwise, I'd be. It doesn't do us as fans any good whatsoever. Zero good. Yeah. It just makes Bill and Jim happy. Going to get that film biopic off the ground, though. (laughs) They're working with Lou Reed's estate. It's going to be a really good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, if if they're a competent competent organization. Absolutely. Uh, I would I would like that, but I just don't know what they're going to do if they make if that's one move of a few, then sure. But if that's the mm-hmm. move, that would suck. That would suck very that's badly. Yes. So I don't know what you do. I mean, that does seem to be somewhat of a logjam, but you just need one of these guys to like step up and become a good player. And I'd like to think between Arcia, Vargas, and Pinto, one of those guys would become something, but. I mean, I don't know. They're all what C plus prospects, B B minus. Can you combine them into one? You know, like some platooning like the A's do. You, you know, mean like Vargas put one guy on top of another with a with a trench coat? Strong against more trench more science. That's in cartoons. That okay. Really <laughs> okay. Work. It'd be so tall at that point. I don't. <laughs> Eleven His feet tall. His strength would be so big. <laughs> I know. Tiny arms. Where do they get two two bats then? Six strikes. Is that how it works? I don't. I don't. So not that. Not that. I mean, I like the idea of Arcia on the team next year as the fourth outfielder in platoon with Hicks, and you go to bat Mm -hmm. with you go to you go into next year with Rosario, Buxton, Hicks. Arcia, that's your four outfielders. That's a that's a kick ass outfield if you use them oh, right, which is not that difficult to use them right, right? Well, no, it's only, no, it's only it good if Arcia, if you throw Arcia's glove in the trash and he never gets. <laughs> but I mean, Buxton's so good, you can you can put him out there, can't you? I mean, he's still going to be a nightmare. But now let me ask you this. Oh, I'm sorry. Arcia has a chance to be the worst Twins defender of all time, and I'm including a lot of Delman Young in there. Oh boy. Whew. I mean, that's gonna old twinkle I'm toes. Josh Willingham at his most injured. So yeah, Josh Willingham. <laughs> yeah, Josh Willingham at his ultimately injured point. You put um, you put Arcia in left. You put Rosario in right center, and you put Buxton standing right next to Arcia. Yep, holding Except hands. I want, Arcia, I want Arcia standing twelve feet behind third base, just covering all line. Just there's one. He gets one put out a year. That's our, that's our no-double defense right there. <laughs> uh, you'll just sit on the on the uh, 
bullpen bench just waiting. Yep. He's got done. a folding chair just down the left. Well, field could line. you like, like you do with your dog and you bring him to the park? Could you bring one of those like screw in things, like, <laughs> screw into the ground, it. and then like attach a leash to him? Just here, this is this is your spot, buddy, and scruff behind the neck. Just a bowl of double there. bubble on the ground. <laughs> There's a fly ball to left, and Buxton comes over to catch in the camera just in the bottom left corner of the screen. There's RCU has his leash wrapped around his leg, and he's trying to play <laughs> out. Some asshole fan put peanut butter in a cock. <laughs> uh, he's got his head stuck in a popcorn bowl. <laughs> oh, well, let me ask you this. Given those four guys, if that's what they start the season with, those four guys in the outfield. Yep. And what we know so far the season is what? I don't know, two-thirds over. Let's just say it's two-thirds over. Do we trust Paul Molitor to manage that outfield? Because I do, but I want to hear if you guys do. I do. I think he's shown enough that he can... Showing enough to handle a, a platoon four-man outfield when it's really obvious every single day is... The only requirement is don't be Ron Gardenhire. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's easier said than done, Brandon. That's the point. There's yeah. so many managers that won't do it. I know it's easy to do, but there's so many that won't. I guess I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's, he's, I think he's, he's competent enough. Mentally he's... incapable of it. That's not really what I meant. I mean, is he willing to do something like that? And I think he, he is. I agree. I mean, I think a lot of it depends, though, on, um, on Arcia being good enough against righties to to overcome um, losing that defense in the outfield. But Hicks has just been so bad, you know, um, against righties that I don't know. But again, like your your backup plan then is you just use Hicks every day, and he's that's fine. That's a good backup plan, you know. Um, but then you can also spell um, – and we've talked about it a lot in the past. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. It probably won't. But like, you could also throw Maurer in left and Sano at first at times as well. So I just feel mm-hmm. like if you have those four guys as your outfielders and then Maurer takes them in left field, you've got so many different ways to to work it. You can put, um, uh, you can take Maurer out. You can DH him. You can DH uh, Sano. Put him at third. You know, there's a million different uh, configurations and lineups. So. Uh, and it's and that's a legitimate like there's some studs in there too you know mm-hmm. is it is it time to talk about Aaron Hicks maybe giving up switch hitting again now that he's not a total disaster at the plate at the time it just seemed like a a desperation move but now he's been hitting well mostly from mostly from the right side it, can we just admit that he can't actually hit left handed. I think so. It's still maybe not quite, maybe not quite big enough sample size. I I don't know. I mean, it seems like it, but but my understanding, and I haven't looked up the numbers because that's not what we do on this podcast. No, no, no. But my understanding is that his minor league splits were also terrible. Yeah, no, I think it's yeah, yeah. You're right. I maybe maybe it's enough to to let it go. I think the thing that seemed desperate about the first time he tried to give it up was that he said he, that he canceled it like 15 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Giving it up his time, and then he goes, oh, no, 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 just kidding. I'm back again. I hit a double in, you know, in BP or something. So, I don't know. I would just not play him that much against righties if I could help it. That's yeah, one that's, way to... That's going to be 65% of the time, isn't it? Um. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Then you have him in late innings as well, right? So he'll probably end up playing more for that reason. But, yeah, but you you just relegated him to about 250 plate appearances a year. Yeah. Well, what's the alternative? Letting him try to have a go at it? I don't know. Maybe next year we do a little A-B testing thing where he bats right-handed against righties half the time. And at the end of the year, we compare the splits and say, all right, well, you hit better right-handed against right-handers. Just a year-long A-B test. The the Twins have that kind of time to test that kind of thing, right? Sure, sure. This is where uh, cloning would come in handy. I wonder if cloning's going to be happening soon, because that would be perfect. I already have a clone. Just run him out. (laughs) Just run him out in the Mexican League or something, and his clone can... Grumpy bastard. (laughs) Yeah, cloning makes the second one grumpier. <laughs> That's a Michael Keaton movie. I've seen that one. <laughs> copy of a copy. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do this year with with Plouffe, with the outfield. With there's just so many there's so many ways to go, and none of them are great options. Right. I, it's going to be interesting, as much as I enjoy talking about the off season we still have this season too to enjoy the other yeah, well, yeah the twins are trying to make the playoffs they're one out away from seven in a row who's uh closing tonight is it Jepson Jepson. or really it against is. his former against his former mates as the paper will no doubt say tomorrow yes they mm-hmm. will he was a disaster and now he's better right well, he was a disaster, and now he's still him. Oh, all right. I but think. I, I think he's he's converted well for same opportunities, hasn't he? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I know you're going to shit on him, John, because that's just your your way. <laughs> that's but, my way. Yeah. I think you he's know, actually... The problem with pitching in the bullpen is you pitch one bad game, and it undoes the 20 previous good games. I know. Well, like against Longoria here. So let's see how he did. You know, it's their best hitter. Like Glenn Perkins went the entire first half with, I don't think anybody hit the ball when he threw it. It was just three strikeouts every game, and then the week after the All-Star game, he blew two saves, and everyone was like, eh, he doesn't have it. He got a neck ouchie, and he's been the worst pitcher in the league. Yeah. It's brutal. Poor guy. It's got to suck. Um, Yeah, so they didn't address the bullpen to – Enough to please most fans, but now they pulled in um, Carly Ray and then this Neil uh, Neil <laughs> Kotz, who I'm I'm still certain is a Republican politician with the name Neil Kotz. <laughs> he sounds yeah. like a representative Neil Kotz, the junior senator from Missouri. <laughs> Neil Kotz, sir, I say, sir. Lawrence <laughs> is correct. The game is over. Your Minnesota Twins are a wild card team right now. In on August twenty sixth, let the run out in real. Yeah, yeah. Run it's... out the clock. Kneel it down. <laughs> Deflate the football. Get Denny. Three formation. Get Denny. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, uh, it's great. Let's just ride it and enjoy it and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. This is all found money at this point. Amazing, amazing! It's almost They're, fucking September. Yeah, Team Twenty Fifteen I mean, again. After the last time we spoke, when they had just dropped three consecutive, just gut punch games to the New York Football Yankees, it, I, I honestly, this this is stunning to me. I, 
even though they've done it every time that they've fallen off this year, they've come back, and I really thought that was it after they lost on Wednesday. I agree I in a way. For... Go ahead, John. I just can't wait for that wild card game in New York where the oh. Twins lose in an even more painful fashion and the whole town commits suicide. I don't think that'll happen because Teddy B will be in full effect by then, and we'll just full get over physicked. it. Yeah, we'll get to the Vikings. I mean, you know, we'll be talking about if the Vikings can get home field and if they can rest their starters by week 15 because of Teddy. People are already it's talking about that. Like, he said today he's quarter gonna... of week one, he's gonna be he's gonna get his legs torn off. Probably. <laughs> but... Matt Khalil just looked back with a satisfied <laughs> look on his face. He's making Khalil's got a he's flipping a pizza pie above his head. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Khalil? Like football game right now. I'm a franchise owner. Eat the pizza. I'm making a pizza pie. Name's uh, Matt Khalil. With Twelve convenient locations in the metro area. He's not Italian. <laughs> Why are you growing that goofy mustache? It's a me, a Khalil. Mario. You're from like San Bernardino. What the hell is the matter with you? Uh, I just got a brain injury. Um. <laughs> I know it's sort of related, like we when we watch some of these like on the cusp playoff teams that we play, like the Orioles and the Rays and whatever. They look like they they look terrible. They're shitty. Um, the AL Central just they're just all the every team basically. I think this year besides like the Blue Jays just is bad and the Royals. Um, but that's uh, another really awesome thing about being in the playoff race because you just need to get there this year more than any year. Because they're all so vulnerable. Uh, and they all kind of suck. So, just <laughs> Really, get... the only fair thing at this point would be just to have the Blue Jays and the Royals play a 35-game series for who gets to go to the World Series now. Yeah. That's the 35. <laughs> yeah, First exactly. First one, 18 wins, guys. Yeah, well, no apologies. Just got to get no. there. Five more There's weeks. nothing wrong with winning. No, it's fun. It's great. Open part, and Parker Hageman has already posted his montage for the game, so... It's all it's all happening. He already had it going. He yeah, already he had, had it. He uh, had it ready. He has confidence. Up, which kind of a jinx, yeah. It makes me nervous. I bet there's this been part- a lot of times this year when he's had one ready to go and just trash. Save for later. Perkins, Delete. Yeah. There's been a few of those. Um Stu, we were kind of batting around an agenda earlier and you said something about uh Mike I'm gonna forget his name. Bear Bernardino Bernardino. Yes. What was the pie? What was your? Uh, did you have something he's, to say uh, about him? I was reading his gamer, um, and he's trying to make the uh, bullpen, um, whatever the trio of uh, Casey Fiend, Trevor May, and Kevin Jepson. He's trying to basically make fetch happen with their names by uh-huh. calling them Casey May Jepson. Fetch is never going to happen. But yeah, the uh, pop singer uh, Carly Rae Jepsen has a very similar name to the, that troika oh. of relievers, and it's just he's really trying hard to push this. I just don't; it doesn't look like it's catching on. Now, someone who can who has um, built some excellent Twitter hashtags and memes, I know how hard it is to do these things right, and I can just tell it's not going to work. And I just, I like Mike; he's probably the hardest working beat writer in town because i mean he's I don't always think there's up, any doubt yeah he has so much content at all times he does video i mean he's tw- very twitter active i mean mm-hmm. but he's just i think he's going down the wrong path here and i worry about it and then, i know john has hated him forever and i know and he's hated him <laughs> wait the i hate him? of a thousand sons 
And I, I, so I understand that he will be very, you know, happy to jump on this particular bandwagon. But I just, I'm more, more sad than angry. I don't want him to go down this path. Guys, I, I genuinely want to know: Have I said I hated Mike Bernardino for some reason? Multiple. I times. think so. You, well, you, can, you continue to pronounce his name wrong, so that's really <laughs> you're just trying. Yeah, to... but that doesn't make him special in any way. It just means you're racist against Italians. Yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know all the pizza, pizza guy <laughs> accents tonight. <laughs> this hashtag is terrible, but it's pretty typical for those eye ties. Bagels. <laughs> 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 Those grease balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Inappropriate. Thanks, A Cast. That was a nice one show run we had. <laughs> <laughs> a full like 36 a minutes. Just a beep, beep. sponsor us. Just, just <laughs> beep button for a half an hour. Clear, but we'll write the big one out. So, the, this, this <laughs> what are we calling it? Casey May Jepsen? I just picture the ACAST meeting, and it's, they've got a, <laughs> they've got the big, huge, you know, the flip chart, and it's bullet points: human sex trafficking, <laughs> <laughs> Italian slurs, couple, <laughs> gynecologist, <laughs> beaver whistle. Twelve uh, minutes comparing a, a professional athlete to a dog, a pointer. to an old stupid dog, <laughs> the worst dog. That's how dumb he <laughs> is. A, entire just a, board, a conference room of people listening horrified to yeah. him as he speak. <laughs> and then they just did Borat impressions for a half an hour at the end. <laughs> what did they do? Whose idea was the green light? <laughs> the, who the fuck? Somebody speaking up and, oh, I don't even remember her name. She's sheepishly in the corner. Packing up so, her things. So I wanted to I wanted to mention this, and this seems like the perfect time with terrible beat writer humor. Every every so often I check in on the on the Seattle Times, which has a a column in it called I think it's called Sideline Chatter, that is just it's a it's a total throwback to the days when every new sports section in a newspaper had a guy who thought he was funny. Basically, Jim Suhan let loose <laughs> with one page of the newspaper to make little piffy asides that. He was like, yeah, that uh, that's a that's a good well, one. Why Twitter exists now? Why do exactly. they need to have this? Yeah. So I want I want to read a couple from today. Oh no! A 108-year-old message in a bottle washed up off the German coast. Turns out it was a very prophetic epistle from a title-hungry Cubs fan. Wait till this year. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Here's a good one. Uh-huh. The evolution of Steve Sarkeesian marketing slogans from from a reader. 2009 Washington Huskies, bark for Sark. 2015 USC Trojans, bark for Cuddy Sark. You guys get it? Because Cuddy Sark is alcohol and Steve Sarkeesian has a drinking problem? Yep. Yep. Alcoholism. That's, I mean, that's funny, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Here's one that's headlined, and this is the little title on the top is Paging Dean Wormer. Football coach Steve Sarkeesian unloads a hooch-fueled rant to boosters, so USC bans alcohol from the football locker room. So what happens next time Sark messes up? The cheerleaders get put on double secret probation? Wink. Clarence, can you do your cricket sounds here? (laughs) 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 What is the sound of a tumbleweed blowing through the den? I just, I like imagining (laughs) one poor copy editor 
in the Seattle Times newsroom was like, oh my goodness, are we still publishing this? Like in the newspaper, can't we? Can't we do something about this? You know that uh, if you if we had Rand on right now, he'd just be rolling in laughter. <laughs> Cheerleaders, <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. He loves those jokes. Bark for Cuddy Sark. Oh yes. Well played. I was gonna yeah. say that if you if we just took like thirty seconds of silence, we could come up with I don't know one hundred and fifty jokes better than that. But um, I don't even know. I mean, like better, like worse jokes, that, like jokey. But I don't even know if we could do that because it, it that's so bad. There isn't even a joke <laughs> in there. Like it's just it's killed my same things that have happened. <laughs> I don't know what's funny now. Like I just forward my drafts, my Twitter drafts to Rand. Every day, and just, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I picture. The ones that uh, no, I'm not going to go with that. Printed. That's bad. Those are bad, John. That's a good segment, though. <laughs> Making fun of a column in a newspaper half a continent away. You know our listeners. You know they love Maybe, it. Maybe Acast <laughs> wants us to be more national. So here we go. We're going to rip on beat writers across the country. I would love <laughs> if they listened to this and that was their main note to us. Hey, could you guys be more national? <laughs> Everything else is totally good. Great. Yep. Just expand your presence of uh, of awful, offensive uh, BS. Um, okay, so I got all the twins out of my system. What about you guys? Sure. Okay. Um, I think I'm. They're six and zero oh with Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton in the same lineup. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sport effect. So I got amazing. I got a stat for you, Stu. Over a full season, that translates to 162 and 0. And yet, they would still find a way to lose a one-game playoff to the Yankees, going 162 and 0. <laughs> yep. I don't know how they would do that. It just doesn't seem like you could, but it would happen. Um, okay, so should we try a? Uh, I want to try in post-production to insert an ad in the middle of the podcast. So let's. We should have a break. Right. Right now. Let's experiment. Uh, let's do a pause here. Let's for, do this. Let's pause for break. Beer money. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, we're back from the pause. I want to see. I don't know if that worked out or not. Write down the timestamp on that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, So there was either a two-second pause for listeners (laughs) or an ad. I don't know. (laughs) An ad for like stamps.com. This is the most miserable podcast. Aren't you sick of going to the post office, folks? I'll tell you, there's a solution. (laughs) Anyway, um, okay, so we got... Stamps.com. We got through the twins. Um, uh, our, our beautiful babies, Sano and Buxton, are doing well. Let's talk about our third favorite, not in order, but the third of the five uh, future um, 
godfathers of this state, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. How's uh, how's Teddy oh. B looking, fellas? Good. Teddy is looking so good. Yeah. All right. So everything He's out of training camp for twenty four in preseason games, and two of those were just drops. Two yep. of those misses were were drops. Two of those he threw the Cordero Patterson, and instead of running a route, Patterson just ran to the sidelines and. Patterson was like shooting wow. dice with Arcia on the sidelines. <laughs> it's a good joke if if Patterson were actually on the first team offense, which hashtag Spielman. But <laughs> the uh, Mike Wallace and Teddy are not looking good. Is that a talker? Should we talk about that, or is it just too early? Uh, they're not on the same page. Is that the deal? No, they're not. And we blame Mike Teddy Wallace. Because we are I, well, very I, perfect, yeah, protective of, 60 of minutes, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I I don't know. I'm just looking for things because Teddy's just looking so good. We got to pick him apart. Uh, no, don't pick him apart. I, um, obviously, I don't care about um, the preseason or anything coming out mm. of the training camp. But one thing that was a knock on him. Um, a few people have been talking about on the social media circles um, that I follow that I thought was relatively legitimate was that he's um, he's good in throwing short, but he doesn't really seem to do well um, throwing deep passes. Which I think there are plenty of statistics that can show that he you know he isn't wasn't last year great at those passes. But um, so I was concerned initially, like if you want to have a franchise guide, knowing where the NFL is headed, like he does need to be able to throw a whatever, um, throw deep, stretch the field, stretch the field a little bit um, for the most part. Um, but I looked up, uh, I think I was reading an article long ago, and it, it's potentially disproven now. So um, let's not take it as gospel, but. Um, they were looking at quarterback statistics to find out which one correlated the most with like success, you know, um, mm-hmm. because there's like QB rating and there's whatever um, completion mm-hmm. percentage, yada, yada, yada. One of them they said was actually way more important than people give it credit for is yards per attempt. Sure. Which makes perfect sense when you think about yeah. it. Like, obviously. And I don't think he's very strong in that category, is he? I looked it up and last year he was of the main quarterbacks. I, You know, there was some sort of qualification of had to throw a certain amount of passes, but he was 14th. Well, that's not terrible. That's pretty fucking good, right? Yeah, that's not no, bad at all for a fucking rookie. Yeah. I mean, he was ahead of I don't remember who, I mean, Cam Newton and um, Andy Dalton, who kind of sucks, and Tom Brady, of course. Although Brady's always been the exception of like he's the guy that you can win with um, not stretching the field because he's so fucking good at short passes mm-hmm. so it's yeah. not fair to say that exactly but as a rookie 14 that's that's good that made me feel so much better when i looked that up with a suspect offensive line and your best wide receiver was charles johnson chucky J. I mean he's not uh he's not a world beater so um no. that's impressive I love that somebody had to go through and do a bunch of correlation to discover that the number of yards you get every time you snap the ball is the most important thing. You know, guys, I know. hear me out. If you average getting more yards per snap of the ball than the other team, I'm going to go ahead and say you're going to be more successful. I know. It's, it, it's, it's a little like baseball where it's like, you know, not making outs is probably the best thing you can do. Because here's the thing, when you make an out, and if you make three of them in a row, then the inning has to stop, and if there's anyone on the you have to go sit in the dugout. 
innings over. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's funny. Because especially when there's a running back statistic that we look at all the time of like, that's the exact thing that we look at, attempts, yards. Like, you would never have Mm -hmm. a statistic of like, well, 60% of this running back's you know, uh, carries went for at least three yards or something. Like, I don't give a shit what the, you know, that percentage I care about overall the average. So, um, anyway, that made me feel a lot better. Um, because that is what just from my eye test from last year. And I wasn't like, you know, charting plays or anything, but I did feel like he was one of those guys who maybe was going to be a, you know, um, not a guy who's going to throw deep. So who knows? That's better than I anticipated. Yes. I agree bracing yourself for bad news and then it ended up being good i did yeah i can spin a yarn man um (laughs) but is the so the receiving core is we say this every year but they're going to be a lot better this year for the most part right that's the hope hey but so i don't know right i don't AP is, you know, he didn't have AP last year. He didn't have Kyle Rudolph. He had a suspect offensive line and no wide receivers. So yep. I can't imagine it getting worse. Okay. AP, of course, um, is a big back, improvement over Rudolph Matt. Rudolph is back. Matt Ashada. <laughs> Better so than good. Matt Ashada. Matt Ashada. Um, yeah. Offensive line is still the offensive line, right? I mean, they just... They are who they are. I mean, well, I don't want to talk about the offensive line. I'm in a good mood. We're not gonna, we twins have twins have won 27 games in a row, so that's mm-hmm. you're in a good mood. You're happy. Okay, good. Well, mm-hmm. if you want to just go on to 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 sunnier pastures, um, please. Chuck Johnson, good good receiver, runs routes, sure hands. He's got a rapport with Teddy B. He'll be around. He'll be healthy. Um, Kyle mm-hmm. Rudolph for the eleventh uh, uh, straight year is poised to have a breakout season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the year. This yep. is going to be his breakout year. I mean, once you're, th- I, I can, I can tell you from experience. Once you're 34 years old, that's when you hit your athletic peak. So good for, <laughs> good for Kyle. Um, Full um, of potential in his eleventh NFL season. <laughs> he was, he's been hurt through his athletic prime. I'm sure at 34, he'll he'll shake off that injury bug. Mm-hmm. He has changed his last name from Kyle Rudolph to Kyle Rudolph is slow getting up. Hi <laughs> 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 yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. That joke was a lot better with this good microphone. If I had just been on the crappy old one, it just wouldn't have. Wouldn't have. We would have heard. Uh, changed his last name to. <laughs> <laughs> He's changed his name. <laughs> getting up, <laughs> and we all go. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Are you, you hurt? Uh, good old microphone humor. Uh, it's great. Good old microphone. Um, um, so I think there's five uh, five saviors that that are um, in Minnesota right now. I don't again. I don't know what we did to deserve them, but in my eyes, it's Buxton, Sano, Teddy Bridgewater. Andrew Wiggins and and uh, Catnips, old Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so, uh, no, no. Is there more? Uh, that's what I was going to ask right now. Actually, well, before you get mad, Clarence, I was going to say there's five. Are there any of them? Are there any of the young wild players? See the five that I mentioned. At least four of them. We could have a conversation about Bridgewater, but at least the other four. Looking at their potential and who they are, and, and they should be sort of 
perennial all-star players. They should be like mm-hmm. borderline or actual all-stars for the for their career. Um, and it's kind of expected, right? I mean, obviously there's injuries and whatever bad things can happen, but the two twins and the two wolves, that's what they should be. Um, Bridgewater, who knows? But I wanted to ask before we move on, are there any wild members that, that should be in that cusp of like new saviors or baby saviors? Well, I don't know enough about the basketball guys that you mentioned, so I'm going to set them aside. Back to back number one. I don't picks. know. Awesome oh, players. Something. Yeah, good for them. Doesn't they, help you at all. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, whatever. It's nothing. I know. Uh, well, so was this Bennett guy or whatever that everybody hates, and so it doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? Don't they have another, a third? Well, I didn't mention him because he was a terrible pick immediately after being drafted. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm, kind of what I'm saying. But uh, Sano, Buxton, Teddy could be very, very, very good players. I don't, you know, like superstars. It's hard to be a superstar in Minnesota, so I'd say that with an at, you know asterisk at that end of it. Um, I don't know that there's any young guy in the wild that could be that. You know, Berdine, they talk about being already very, very good defenseman, possibly an elite defenseman someday. But that's talking not about a sexy position. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to be a superstar defenseman in the NHL. It's just hard. You got to score goals. You're going to do it because just playing. Stay at home. D is not very sexy. You don't do a lot of allspice commercials. All the ladies <laughs> love allspice yeah. or or yeah. old spice commercials. Allspice. You um, played solid deer for twenty. He's played solid D on for twenty years and stand on the blue line. You get Keith Carney's career. You yeah, don't get a lot of commercials or all star bursts. Hey man, I got an no. endorsement with allspice. Old spice? No. <laughs> no. Spice. No. No. Uh, allspice. Just the McCormick's little <laughs> holding on for Laurie's. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, and I don't know that Zucker or Granlin or any of those guys will ever get there. They could be end up being Zucker could be end up being a very good player, but not Dumba. He's kind of in that sexy category. Yeah, kind he scores goals. He's got the giant Super. shot. Oh, I love giant but shots. I, don't, I mean, that's really daydreaming, man. I. So the that other would really be amazing if he got there. The point I was trying to make was, and obviously this doesn't um, mean anything for the actual franchises they play for. Um, Is this based on that what I said last night about? I wrote a tweet last. Maybe it's just a coincidence about uh, Teddy and Snow and Buxton and and John Gamey shit. Is that where this <laughs> genesis of this is from? Uh, no, but that Brandon? that was I love that so much. That was uh, John just just gorgeous. Well, um, I just lumped. I just said the wild kids. I didn't try to call out anyone specifically. It was purposeful because I didn't. Ha- I don't know how. To, I don't know who you would call out. I'm just kids. trying just to. Wild kids. This was just sort of an aside. I wanted to see if there were, because right now I'm considering it five players that should and could, and all signs are signs are showing to them having the ability to be, what like you're saying, superstars. Like, like again, perennial all stars it's kind of expected for, again, for the four, the two twins and the two wolves, that's kind of where we're headed. My question was going to be about Teddy. Not only, A, do you think that he's 
has that ceiling. I, I still am. It's just such a um, talent rich position up at the top with all those amazing quarterbacks. But also, he's the guy that needs to. To I'm hoping uh, proves himself first, right? Because okay, sorry. I think the point that I'm trying to make here is if we're just going to go with the five young guys that are going to be our saviors. I feel like there's a year-long grace period with Sano, Buxton, Wiggins, and Catnips. But I don't feel quite the same thing with Bridgewater because he has a full year under his belt. And I think we've also seen with quarterbacks who are good, are basically good from the beginning. Like, there are little bumps here and there, but don't you think like most of the good ones were just good, right? It's not, it's not really like... 15 years ago when, oh, he's only in his fourth year. Give him some time to get into his sixth and seventh year, and then we'll know how good this quarterback is. Right. Now it's like, if you're not winning in your first year, you're just not going to be that good. I mean, Rodgers was kind of the last quarterback to like, oh, it's okay that he just sits for three years or two years or however long he sat. And nowadays, starting with, I don't know, I'm just thinking like Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, all these other luck, a million other guys that just sort of like get in there and you better be good pretty quickly. Um, So Bridgewater was good, but I think this year, I don't have any pressure on Sano, Buxton, the other four, even next year for any of them. Like, well, the, the enjoyment of watching those two teams next year will be like development where I feel like this year already for, for Teddy, I, I hope that he, uh, I hope that he delivers it. I mean, I think he will, I, but you know, I don't, you don't have to hope. It's going to happen. So Teddy's expect, not going to let you down. Not hope. Expect. So Teddy's just looking good. Um, we sh- we will do a proper um, a proper preview uh, at some point here, which I know the the fans are clamoring for another one of our sportive previews of the Viking lovely season. Day. So lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got about three more weeks before the first game, correct? Yeah. So we got time. We got the season time. starts October first this year for some reason. Yeah, yeah. The word I keep coming back to here is late. You know, it's a late start. <laughs> so, um, you know, but it'll be interesting. Actually, Claire's playing off your uh, off your tweet that you said. I don't know what we have to deserve all these young um, uh, players. Thank God I en- ended that sentence with players. Um, <laughs> Um, it will be a fun thing to watch over the next few years if when um, very talented players uh, butt up against extremely incompetent front offices like what overcomes what maybe it depends on the sport you know because like are there teams in baseball that can just be so top heavy that they end up being great even if the rest of their team is terrible basketball you can i think but um even that's kind of tough to do and and football obviously not i mean there's nobody no great quarterback can drag a horseshit team but um but it'll be fun to sort of watch that play out i think actually it won't be fun it'll be it'll be terrible it'll be very frustrating and sad but um for you saber matrician kind of be like watching ned yost manage don't you you guys hate Ned Yost, right? Um, I think the stat head point of view on managers is they are mostly useless. Hmm. 
Yeah, but okay. Ned Yost was a special brand of trying to screw things up. Ask ask a Brewers fan if you have a he Brewers was... fan friend. <laughs> they just start to shake when you bring up Ned. Yost. Ned Yost <laughs> might be the exception that proves the rule in that case. Most most of the time we talk about well, managers don't do much. It's it's sort of in the context of well, it doesn't really matter who bats third and who bats fourth. But Ned Yost was doing it's like, well, I think I'm gonna have a catcher pitch the next three games. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. You're like, wait, what are you talking about? Why would you? Why would you do that? No, Ned, a horse can't play right field. You're not allowed to put a horse in right field. <laughs> um, and Posnanski is a great writer, and he's, I think, a very pretty forgiving writer too. Even he has written so many takedown columns about uh, how incompetent Ned Yost is, even in. During this Royals playoff run, he's been like, "Geez, he's still fucking up a lot." So, <laughs> so that will be interesting. I enjoy nothing more than when Joe Pisnanski writes about the Royals. <laughs> I know it's great. Just, even when he writes about their current success, he can't help but bring up stories of back when they would hit guys in the back of the head with cutoff throws and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> he loves pointing out the uh, time, and the clip is actually great to see when a guy. Uh, center fielder ran back to the wall and climbed the fence, and then the ball landed like ten feet in front of the warning track. <laughs> I was so ready to. I'm gonna. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> uh, no, I was just seeing what's over this this wall. I never looked over here. Oh uh, uh, yeah, just oh. you know, just the tarp. They the mops and shit. All right, I'm gonna go back and get this ball. Yeah, it's really great to see. But I think that'll be an interesting to see in what sport is it possible for talent to overcome mismanagement in the uh, from the suits. So we'll see. We will see. I want to. We were gonna have a Ralph Engelstad joke on this podcast, weren't we? Oh yeah, I've been workshopping it. Um, as I think everyone is uh, aware, uh, the uh, North Dakota benefactor. The late Ralph Engelstad Sugar Daddy. was was a crazy ass Nazi memorabilia. Held collector. birthday parties for Hitler. Yeah, he like had a photo. His I don't know if it was his buddies or if he had it done himself of a happy birthday Adolf from Ralph and vice versa. And like pictures of each other, pictures of them. I want to point out that this didn't happen once, and he was like, "Oh, sorry, guys." No, it. He got he like did this more than once. I want he to just like misunderstood. He was a, he's a leader. In Las Vegas, like, find him over a million dollars for being a Nazi. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the most one of the most corrupt organizations on earth. Yeah, it's like him too far, figures, buddy. Like in the eighties. I mean, and of course, uh, and he's also uh, <laughs> uh, mafiosos put fucking severed heads on top of the Luxor, like on the point of the Luxor, and they're like. Shrug, shruggy guy, Monacan, just whatever. But Ralph no, comes to Ralph. town. <laughs> Ralph no, went sir. Over the line. <laughs> I will not be associated with you. <laughs> um, and uh, it came to light recently. Uh, you know, career red ass Kurt Schilling has also a collection of World War II memorabilia, a significant amount of which, since it's World War II, is um, Nazi related paraphernalia. And I was trying. So hard to make a good Kurt Schilling, Ralph Engelstead joke, and I just, I was just running into just roadblocks. I hmm. couldn't do it, and um, I'm honestly, I, I'm, I'm still at oh, a point where I, I can't. I was hoping you. I mean, turn I've, I've got, I've got Clarence on the line here, who has made more hmm. fun of the North Dakota hockey program, and it's just like, 
maybe he can help? Well, I'm trying to think. I always go with common denominators and stuff. Yeah. You know, Kurt Schilling, and you just got to just start brainstorming. You, you got yeah, the bloody sock and the Rhode Island. Get the whiteboard out. And just, <sighs> there's no run. With the lawnmower mm-hmm. toss and mm-hmm. the counterfeit money. Something about not having nicknames. Something about blood on clothing it was fine it with. It's fine with the Nazis racism. and it's fine with Ralph loved it and, and abandoned like, by Dave Axtall. Forty-seven million, <laughs> twenty-seven-year-old Canadians. <laughs> hmm. A university that's basically Devry attached to a dirt farm. Something about <laughs> bilking taxpayers for a company in Rhode Island. Yeah, it's, <sighs> I don't. Yeah, we could maybe you know we could maybe throw this one out there to the cheap shot after the whistle. The um the uh, sportive <laughs> podcast brought to you by Acast. Um, maybe maybe brought to us, yeah. yeah, or maybe stamps dot com. Maybe stamps dot com. We don't know. We can put it out to the listeners and just and also just be very careful about making Nazi jokes. That's yeah. just, you, this you is have to have a real delicate. That's the whole thing. You also have to have a real delicate touch. Um, just basically make sure, make sure, <laughs> make sure the target of the humor is just those, you know, people in North Dakota, basically, because you know. Pretty soon cool. you're comparing Dave Haxtell to Heinrich Himmler, and it's just not cool. <laughs> it's not no. That's not the rabbit hole you want to go down. No, because it's just going to be bad. Is Kurt Schilling? Did he get fired, or is he? No, he's been suspended. Just suspended. Suspended. He was doing the Little League series, and they um, took him off of that, and he's suspended from. Uh, the, the upcoming Sunday night baseball game. Just presumably doing some book learning on presumably on math and history know, lessons. A couple subjects that are sore spots for him or weak spots, I suppose. Talking to um, PR professionals on how to phrase his next apology. So, Good for him. We're all rooting and, for um, that and that's phrasing. Also, this, this feeds me down to a second North Dakota um, topic. Yes. Is that um, a cl- uh, the author Chuck Klosterman had tweeted out there's like a book or a movie being made about the Fargo rock scene of the 1990s or something like that. Documentary. Documentary. Okay, I'm sorry. And, uh, sorry. Back it up a bit. Yeah. That's okay. The Fargo rock scene of the 90s? Yes. So you're saying there was a Fargo rock scene in the 90s? Apparently there was. Was there a band well, that I would know or is it <laughs> it would have all been bands from like the cities in St. Cloud who went to ninety up ninety four to play a gig. Like, so, on a so have all other documentary subjects. The Polets have covered all the rest of them. In in one of Chuck Klosterman's anthologies, there's an article he wrote for the the Fargo Forum or whatever about the mm-hmm. rock scene of the 1990s. Was this just literally some documentary filmmakers got high and were like paging through one of his books? Yeah. Like, what could we make oh, a documentary? Man. Whoa. This part of Roxine sounds awesome. I wonder. I want to take offense to what you're saying because I lived in Fargo. You lived it, man. And went to concerts and I I was fucking there, man. Maybe you read about it in books, (laughs) history books. Here's what you don't learn in a book, though, buddy. Uh, I I don't recall. It's not like I'm I'm thinking (laughs) in my head, you guys just don't even know about the rock scene in Fargo, 90s, man. I don't. I don't remember it being. I think go to concerts, and I don't. I guess, and there's probably people listening, maybe that are like, "Don't you remember fucking 
this band or that what bar are you hanging band? out on the ones on eighth no the scene was on ninth man ninth street i, I guess the whole scene so we talked about the kirby's the corner that rocks it actually is in moorhead but it's just right across the river so it's not in north Dakota, but it's in it's in the area sure and they had 75 cent pitchers and they'd have bands on the weekends and it was awesome I would see a documentary about any bar that had a 75 cent pitcher special. Oh my God. It awesome. So like fun. Uh, fun rock or just like perfect dive scene of eclectic crowd it, or pay me a word picture, was, Clarence. Yes. It's dive. It's, uh, it was called Kirby's the corner that rock is right on a corner. Downtown Moorhead. Uh, cheapest beer in the universe. You could just bring like $10. <laughs> And you're done. You are fucking. They're gonna find you in the alley. <laughs> with seventy five, you literally. <laughs> you're Daryl Sador drunk. How many beers you, you drink? I drink one hundred and twenty. <laughs> I'm so done. drunk. I drove my twelve year old son to hockey practice at four thirty in the so afternoon. Much fun, but like I say, I don't remember a band in particular. Like these guys fucking rock, man. I mean, truthfully, the only band I remember is like Tim Mahoney. I don't have anything against. It. I like Tim Mahoney, but Tim Mahoney's playing not, at the uh, at the Caribou down the street right now from my house. He's still around. It's not. I don't know. You know what? I I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting getting at. It's not. So you can't make a you can't at. name one band, let alone a scene. A scene implies no, I don't many bands. But and this might shock you. It's not like I was like the hippest guy. There certainly could have been a scene and I just didn't know about it. I, I am willing to I'm I would pay money. I would fucking pay hundreds of dollars for this documentary to come out and find out that the Fargo scene all of the concerts took place in Mexican joints. <laughs> That's <laughs> And you ref- every single goddamn night, they're like, "Dude, we are going Mexican to Pablo's <laughs> again." And you're like, "No, fuck you." That's the it was the Mexican place in from Mexican Village. Mexican <laughs> Village, Jimmy Junga, Mexican Village, Palitos. This is I can still remember the commercial. That, that is, is really fucking exactly crazy. Commercial. Tom Petty comes through at the Mexican Village. Fucking overweight Mexican gentleman. They'd play a jingle, and then in between the jingle, he'd, he'd have like his little vest, black vest yeah. on. Nick Burritos! <laughs> his mustache. It was just. If he was wearing that bu- bumblebee costume, it wouldn't be any worse. <laughs> Except for the bumblebee costume, he has been completely accurate. Oh, uh, uh, well, I hope that's true. I don't think it was there. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, it's just a very odd. Very the odd thing subject. about Fargo is like uh, in the 1990s is it sprung people that are still around today, and I find that kind of odd. Like Holsterman was a writer at the Fargo Forum at that time, and now he's a national—I don't know what would you call him. I don't even columnist, know essayist, or something. Essay, yeah. yeah. Brand was like a local sports guy, just a sports guy. Yeah, he was like the he was the voice of the NDSU Bison, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the he was the guy at the football games, and he was the sports caster. He was like Randy Shaver, but in Fargo. Right, not even Randy Shaver. He's an anchor now, but uh, I don't know. I name a sports caster. I'm drawing a blank here. He, Mark Rosen. 
of Fargo. And now he's like national. And like Marnie Gellner was on the other station. And now she's on FSN North. And I don't know. It's all those people are still around. Now that's, that's a documentary like, subject right there. Seat. You know, I think with documentaries, it's less about the subject and more about just how the story's told. So maybe. Sure. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen the documentary called Stories We Tell? No. Okay, write it down. Um, it's uh, I can't even describe what the documentary is about, really. It's just this girl sort of exploring her past and her mother's relationships and whatever, where she's from and all that sort of stuff. The, the actual subject matter is not that interesting, but the movie is awesome. It's so interesting, even if you, again, don't care or know about, know about the background. So maybe, hopefully, possibly, one of those sort of stories. Silver lining. I'm squinting, squinting. Have you seen the documentary called Walter? Um, I don't know. (laughs) What is it? It's made by It's made by sportive podcast guest Hunter Weeks. Oh right, right, right. (laughs) Yes. Remember he was on the podcast. Yeah, I wasn't on that one. I wasn't on that one. Legitimate. He couldn't make it. Actual conversations. It was a lot Dude, less you know, of. Offensive. Does he have any projects going on right now? He's got all Fargo Rock City going on right now. He's not at Fargo Rock City. Darn. Um, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what he's working on right now. I don't know. If it's Ooh. Is the next movie he's going to kick somebody down? Oh, please tell me it's about Engelstad. Politician down? A sporting figure? Is Bill Polad involved? Yes. Better get him involved. He's got deep pockets. No, I, I I just don't know if I'm allowed to share what the project is. As soon as there is, I'll be happy to give him a platform or something. He should be on the podcast again. He should be on the podcast again. Now that you got that new microphone. <laughs> we do have the new microphone. Get a couple people sitting around that like a campfire. Damn right. Have any of you guys watched this documentary now show that... Several people are in, Bill Hader's involved. Fred Harmison is involved. I've been seeing. Oh yeah, no, I've just seen like clips or mentions that they're in it, but no, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I I've, either. I've I been watching wondering. the Americans. I was for a scouting report there. That was pretty. That was pretty bad podcasting. Have any of you guys seen the Americans? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, it's not a. Not a we have reached the point of the show where we just ask each other what we're watching right now. <laughs> hey. Well, let's let's wrap this into our weekend preview, our new segment to wrap oh, things yes, up. This is segment. where we just talk about bullshit. Um, my weekend is going to be spent watching The Americans. Have you guys seen it? It's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't have cable, so I just discovered it on Amazon. Yes, Clarence and I have been huge fans of The Americans. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have? Oh, great. Perfect. Yes, I, I probably am. just spaced you out when you guys about talked it. about it. Maybe actually that's where I heard it from originally. I couldn't remember the source. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's intense. I'm just one season in. Yeah, it's good. you're gonna see Carrie's Carrie's butt a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's prominently featured. I <laughs> guest billing now. Uh, Carrie Russell and featuring Carrie Russell's butt. It's got its own ass cap card. Yeah, its own trailer. You should also know that she's actually she's just fantastic in the show. Um, she's. I think that's the word I use. Exactly. Yeah, she's really good. She's great. Um, so, and yep, she's yeah. pretty. Well, yes. Is that too? too. That's, that's, I'm a fan. I got a crush on her, I got to say, and I think half of it is because she's such a badass. Probably 75% yeah. of it. It's amazing. Tired. Cock in a pretzel mat. Jesus. Oh. Just break it in half. Right over her shoulder. Just fucking take it yeah. with her. 
<laughs> Throw you over your shoulder like you're a baby sheep. Gone. Carry you around up into the mountains. It's like Wayne's World 2 when Garth got carried to bed by Kim Basinger. That would be the scene of me and her. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my weekend preview. Anybody else? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Um, let's see. I am not doing anything. Good for you. Way to go. Doing nothing is very underrated as grown oh, adults. Oh, um, I might be going to the Lincoln Depot, which is the bar closest to my house. Okay. Ooh. Um, Wait, that's Mary, not the secret bar, Mary is it? Mary owned it, since, when it. It used to be the Dewdrop Inn, and then Mary bought it in like 1988, 89, and uh, changed it to the Lincoln Depot because it's on Lincoln Avenue, and it's a buy it train tracks. Um, she finally sold it, and they're having like a you know farewell party for the old bar owner and uh, you're invited because you're like you're probably the St. Cloud celebrity. Don't you think? I, I'm, I'm actually invited because um, that's uh, was my late uh, father-in-law, Mandy's dad. It was his favorite place on the planet Earth. So nice. We're kind, nice. We're kind of you know family, um, extended family of the the uh, owners. So who is St. Cloud's biggest celebrity? Would it be the Superman guy? It's probably yeah. It's either St. Cloud, Superman, me. Or um, you could take it. Might yeah. be Stu. Um, uh, boy, well, no, it's it's be, got, there's got to be the somebody coach? else. Matsko. Matsko. Let's go. With, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, Matsko or Dave Paradise. I don't know. Bad it's, yeah, Mats- oh no, it's Nate Stu Walter. Matsko. No current yeah. residents. Not oh, not people who have like a racist <laughs> We got to have a few racist professors. It's like calling Winona Ryder a Minnesotan. Yeah, it's like you gotta be here. Okay. Yeah, at Saint Cloud State, State, the African Studies professors are all racist. <laughs> uh, you guys are just hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely. I think I am top five. So I'm gonna go with that. Shit. Yeah, Stu. Good job, man. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I will. I will go. That 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 is my humble brag. I think I'm a top five current top five Saint Cloud celebrity. celebrity. Oh, Living. Living. Have you yeah. ever been recognized in Saint Cloud? Um, no. No, that's disappointing. No one has the. Well, you don't up use there. your face. Yeah, I always, yeah. It, the Val's avatar is a. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's I not good branding. To, no. Mm-hmm. Need better branding. I do need better branding. Clearly. John, right. what are you doing this weekend? Hopefully watching as much soccer as any living human should watch. Yeah, and college does not start this week, right? It starts in the middle of next week. That's true. College like Thursday. football? Yeah. yeah, college football. Middle of next week. Okay, like Thursday. Okay. What? I don't think they have the kickoff <laughs> classic or anything anymore. Remember when they used to do that, like the week before the real season started, Penn yeah. State would get slaughtered by Notre Dame or something like that mm. on, in mid-August, basically? Joe Paterno would complain because his team had 12 seconds of practice time before the season started. Those were good times. Good now times, good now times. all I'm doing is just hearing and reading more stuff about TCU and how off, how awesome they are and fearing more and more for that Thursday night of what might happen. Number two in the country? Number three in the country? Number two in the country. Number two, one in your Yikes. Heart. Yikes. Okay, well, that sounds like a good weekend, John. I'm going to wrap it up light. Uh, Clarence, give it to us. So this is a new feature you guys do, and you picked the weekend that I have nothing to do. First weekend since maybe 
like April. I got nothing. I got, I got nothing. So you're going to leave work on Friday and take your shirt off on the way to the parking lot and not put it back on until Monday morning on your way back into work. That's, that's the game plan. That's right. You got grilling, beers, maybe a little backyard frisbee. I, Twins on the radio. Get some stuff done around the house that's been sorely lagging. Um, you want to go to the bar on Friday night, Clarence? Which bar? I don't know. I'll meet you in the Southeast Metro. Yeah. House of Coats, something like that. Should I come uh, build you a privacy screen for your deck? Do you want me to come down and knock one of those I, out? Oh, man. Bob Bilo over here. Holy crap. <laughs> I saw that picture. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was really nice. I'm proud. I'm, I am. I am truly impressed. I'm, I'm shocked. I didn't do all of it myself, obviously. No, I, I, I prefer to think that you did yeah, no all of it shit. yourself. No, of course. I, no one has that amount of time. <laughs> like her dad or your dad or somebody helped you out. I, I mean, that's we could tell that, but okay, still, good, good. it's impressive. Yeah, a lot of work. I know it was impressive. Been busy. I'm being sincere here. You know, you don't expect much out of Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> I did expect no. like a skateboard ramp off of it. <laughs> the worst made quarter pipe. Graffiti. Graffiti wall. <laughs> Look what I did. It's just like a Play-Doh sculpture. <laughs> uh, so we, daughter's got a couple softball games on Sunday. That's about it. That's I can handle that. It's gonna oh, be basically yeah. got nothing. It's paradise. And then in two weeks, it all fucking goes to shit again until March. Well, let's hope to get you back up here to do an in-person at some point, um, some point so. soon. Um, otherwise, it was good to get back, have the four of us together and talk some sports and some bullshit. And uh, like I said, there may be some ads somewhere in here. We don't really know, uh, but we'll figure it out at some point, and we will still, our promise to you is remain the least professional podcast media members in town that's our promise yes. clearance Somehow. comes signing off for bill's black tar heroin only somehow <laughs> even less professional than the no juice podcast yeah i mean a lot more interesting and engaging and and funny yeah. but uh handsome and handsome yes jesus uh have all our i don't know out. have you seen dan he's gorgeous john oh that is, is he is he's got yeah he's that he, oh he's the guy with the doc right what Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he, he falls off docks all, all over Minnesota. Just continues yeah. to fall off docks. It's like his one. Yeah. Did this I do that thing. sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Gallagher over and over. <laughs> Goes dock. to other weddings. Dan, and get falls away off from the... that dock. Dan, Dan, we <laughs> don't even have our phones dock. out, you moron. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Banana peel, fucking idiot. <laughs> Dan, it's February. You're not gonna. <laughs> Sploosh. It makes sense. Frozen. All right. That'll do for us. Uh, Signing off, this has been the one and only sports gynecologist with Dr. Spink, Dr. Stink, and the Beaver Whistles. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Sorry, Mom. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.